fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. H, and it's so good to be here with you again. Folks, great show today. We got Dr. Angie Farella joining us today. She is a fierce mama bear, fantastic doctor, and just a gem of a human being. Uh, it just, I'm so fond of her. I can't wait for you to meet her if you haven't met her yet. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I want to tell you a couple of things, folks. It's been a crazy week already, you know, uh, amnesty. Are you kidding me? Amnesty? Just forgive and forget. That's what we're going to do. Hey, we uh, murder for profit in the billions, in the tens of billions, in the trillions when you really get down to the misappropriations. But, um, you know, we vilified everybody. We, we hurt and killed kids. But let's just amnesty everybody and move forward. Nah, nothing to see here, right? Uh, nah. <laughs> no, we are not doing that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not here to hate anybody, but uh, no, we're not doing that. Uh, there will be a reckoning. There will be investigations. There will be uh, a, a, a comeuppance, if you will, for those of the people that are criminals and deserve to be treated as such, right? So, no. <laughs> now, uh, the thing we're going to focus on today, folks, uh, in, in the conversation with Angie, and she's got some great, Dr. Angie's got some great history stuff of why she's doing all that she's doing. I can't wait for you to hear this story about her mom uh, later in the show. You're going to love it. Uh, you know, What's been coming up uh, the last several weeks, really, has been this whole Theomis report from the Citizens Commission to Safeguard Freedom, this, this, this little-known organization that popped up out of nowhere and started pointing fingers and casting stones from the dark. You know, I just wrote a, a really good piece on it. I did a lot of investigation into this organization and into this report, and I'm going to tell you it's hot garbage. It's hot garbage. It stinks. It's it's exactly what we cannot allow in our movement. We have to be a movement of integrity, a, a movement that when people step into the arena, that they show themselves, right? One of my big problems with this report, right off the bat, folks, big red flag, there's no authors on the report. Who knows who wrote that report? You know, they're all hiding. In, in, in this fight, you don't get to hide. Not on our side, not on their side, nowhere. This is about the light. This is about being about the light. This is about shining the light, right? So if you can't stand in the light, then uh, you don't get to cast stones. You don't get to point fingers. You don't get to act like your innuendo and your um, your baseless assumptions are, are factual evidence. You don't get to do that. I've read the whole report. I read all the appendices and I was just disgusted by it, absolutely disgusted by it. And so I want to let you all know, uh, it, it, it is my hope that 
Dr. Malone, who has cited it, uh, Children's Health Defense that has cited it, uh, and a number of other doctors that I have equal and tremendous res respect for have cited it. You know, people have been pushing this report out, and I, I detail it in the in the write-up. People have been pushing this report out as fact, and most of the people pushing it out as fact have not read the damn report, have not read the appendices, and you can't do that in this war that we're in. You can't do it. So, you know, it's my hope that uh, all these folks that have been involved in it, especially the folks that have kind of started it from the beginning, um, in my opinion, Dr. Robert Malone and, and Children's Health Defense, uh, that they... Um, you know, that they really review the report, that they reevaluate their position on it, and that they publicly retract their support for it. We can't support something like this, you know, and, and have integrity in our health freedom movement. So it's my hope that, and it's also my hope that anyone who's uh, filing lawsuits, we've heard some ugly stuff in the background, you know, um, anyone that's filing lawsuits or threatening to file lawsuits against fellow freedom fighters, you got to stand down. You know, it, it's not about you. It's not about your hurt feelings. It's about our mission. So, you know, cut the crap, everybody. You know, kids are dying. Let's not forget that. Our family members are being murdered. Let's not forget that. This isn't about your feelings, right? Us fighting amongst ourselves does not help us save children and save lives and put bad people in jail. It doesn't. You file a lawsuit against a fellow freedom fighter and you are doing our enemies work for them. Shame on you. You are doing our enemies work for them. Now, folks, let's be real. We're all adults, right? Personality conflicts are inevitable. We're all exhausted. We are all suffering from PTSD. I don't care who you are. That's what war is, especially a war where we do not get one day off. I've never seen us win so many battles and still not make a dent of note into our enemy. It's, it's amazing to me the amount of Teflon that these turkeys have on them. Now, we're going to break through. There's no doubt about that. So we're going to keep chopping that wood, right? You just keep chopping. You'll get through. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen enough evidence to know that there have been many personality conflicts behind the scenes in this health freedom movement. I've had some myself. Okay. That's what happens. But just because you have a conflict with someone doesn't make them controlled opposition, doesn't make them an infiltrate. That is a hell of an ac accusation. You better be able to substantiate that if you're going to make it. Don't just throw that around there. You know, when there's one finger pointing, there's three pointing right back at you. So be ready for that. That's ridiculous. At best, the Theomis report reads to me like a series of unsubstantiated allegations, you know, wishing they were legitimate evidence. They're not. I don't care who wrote it. That's a garbage report. And I will debate you publicly whenever you want, anywhere, anytime. You can come on my show and do it. See, the measure of a freedom fighter is having the courage, like Dr. Angie Farella, to still work with the people we disagree with, 
that we've had a personality conflict with that, that it's not about us. The measure of a true freedom fighter is refusing to put yourself above the divine mission, the divine mission we are collectively on. We will not win this war fighting amongst ourselves. And we won't win this war defending cowards who are too afraid to stand in the arenas that we fight in and fight alongside us for what's right. We win when we hold each other accountable for our actions. If I mess up, call me on it. We win when we admit our mistakes and fix them. None of us is perfect. We win when we live exactly what we are fighting for, that we walk our talk. I'm fighting for truth, transparency, accountability, justice, and freedom for all. I know you are too. That's why we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard and not let crap reports like this be bantied about as facts. When if the CDC tried this or the FDA tried this, we would nail them to the wall. So, folks, I can't wait to bring Dr. Angie on right after these messages because you're going to hear from somebody that was actually implicated in this report and who has been doing nothing but testifying, nothing but spending her own money to travel and do event after event after event to get the word out and help parents and save children that has kept her clinic open the whole time that was would treat anybody and do anything for free if that's what what was required you're talking about a freedom fighter somebody who's in it for the win and who is on mission to have her implicated in this report that's garbage garbage and anybody who wants to date debate me on it come on <laughs> Come on, bring it on. I would love to debate you. You just better stand in the arena in the light. Because if you can't even stand in the arena in the light with me while we do that, then, uh, you know, I'm, it's not worth my time. I got too much work in the arena. All right, folks, we'll be right back with Dr. Angie Farella and more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is brought to you by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Folks, check us out at www.energetichealthinstitute.org. We have a great, great new class out called The Art of Cellular Healing, and it's helping a whole bunch of people learn how to use natural medicine for healing effect really quickly. So you don't have to go through larger certification courses. You need help right now. That's the course for you. You can put the power to heal in your hands. The art of cellular healing. Use promo code I am E high amazing. I am E H I amazing and get $100 off the course. Folks, we'd love to have you in there and join our community of healers and people who are healing. We'll see you folks uh, right after these messages. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, 
We heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with Dr. Angie Farella. And I got to tell you, um, you know, Angie, it was so much fun meeting you in Sedona and getting to listen to your presentation and just getting to chat with you and everything. I, I, I am a fan of real people and you are definitely a real person. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Henry. I, this, let me tell you, your talk in Sedona was really one of my highlights. Um, you know, I, I just, I love my ND friends and they teach me something every single time I get to listen to them. So it was a pleasure. It was so much fun. And I'm just so glad I got to meet you in person. You know, that's, that's the big thing. You know, I, I agree. I've been a fan from afar, you know, and it's fun when you get to meet people. It's like, oh, I've seen a couple of things with you and yeah, you're actually really cool still. It's great. Uh, you know, so um, you know, we, we, uh, one of the things I love doing, um, and I guess just because I, I don't, I'm weird, um, is I love talking about elephants in the room. You know, it's like yeah. there's some obvious elephants in the room right now. And, oh, yeah. you know, I think the biggest elephant in the room right now in the last couple of weeks in this movement, right? I know we're coming up to an election cycle and people have bigger things going on, but is uh, this Themis report, you know? Um, mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, uh, please check out again, check out my article uh, that I've written on this. Uh, I have some very substantiated concerns about this. I know you do as well. Um, yeah. But uh, I started seeing um, Dr. Robert Malone, um, Dr. Pierre Corey, um, a few other folks that I have, and, and I have a lot of respect for everybody, you know, but I started seeing them cite this report as proof that um uh, that a a few people were being accused, you know, kind of like a was it the Salem witch hunt kind of deal, like of uh, being accused of of being infiltrators. And so I was like, hey, let's where, where's your proof? And I asked a few doctors that I really respect, ton, ton of respect for, you know, where's your proof? And they all kept pointing me to the Stevens report. Now, um, Stevens report comes out in October of uh, I think it was October six twenty one. So it's been around. Right. About a year, yeah, about a year old. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't read it at the time, but you know, you you get little bits and pieces. You know, like we all do. There's too much to read. We're drinking through a fire hose. I just mm -hmm. took the highlight, and the highlight was avoid this woman, Carolina um, Bonita, is the handle, um, like the plague, right? And I, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't know her, and it doesn't really have any impact on me, so I, I didn't really pay it any mind. But when everybody started putting this report in my face as proof that she's guilty. 
I said, okay, well, let me read it for myself now and, and find out. And I got to tell you, this report is garbage, yeah. right? This report is straight garbage there, you know, and I'm going to tell the audience a couple things about this. Um, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. Number one, the report has no named authors. Uh, number two, the um, website um, for the group that put it together, the Citizens Commission for Safeguarding Freedom, there is no person listed on that website. And when I contacted um, through email, because there's only one way to get in touch with them, when I contacted them to you know, ask you know, who funded the report, who did the report and things like that, um, I got no response. And so, you know, I start getting these red flags. So I, I went and read the whole report. I read through all the appendices that they say are proof. And I feel that they're just true hearsay. You know, um, you know, if we were to put this up to a legal standard, it's just hearsay. But, you know, one of the things that was really problematic for me, Doc, was when I read in Appendix 2 on page uh, 11, this. Let me quote this. And I want to get your feedback on this because I'm wondering why are you mentioned in this report? It says, uh, um, appendices to page 11, uh, this is on ccsfreedom.org, the Themis report. It says, in some of the worldwide USA groups, when organizing deteriorated, and Harry, who was another person who was uh, implicated by this report, when Harry's threats were not going anywhere, Dr. Angie Farella, a doctor with AFLDS, would appear. Although absent in the past, she would pop into, you know, words like that really don't make this report. You know what I'm saying? When somebody says mm-hmm. pop into the chat, right? Mm-hmm. When she would pop into the chat and post the comment that her group can offer worldwide USA doctors to speak at their rally about medical freedom and early treatments like ivermectin, she shared the same exact comment below under the same circumstances in multiple states. So she's, they're, they're trying to say that you're in with this. Can you set the record straight for us, please? Why are you mentioned in this report at all? I have no idea. I mean, you know, they had to find someone else that was actually doing something and not sitting on their laurels, right? Um, So basically the worldwide rallies were um, groups of freedom rallies that we were doing all over the country. Um, I was doing them in Houston, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, we went everywhere, you know? And so they were set up in all 50 states. And so I was getting doctors from other states. Hey, you know, you're going public. Here's a platform where you can actually speak to the people. You know, I I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, And so because we were so heavily censored, you know, we were I was getting censored left, right and upside down. At that point, people couldn't even get into my own office website, um, you know, and, and it was it was actually quite ridiculous that we couldn't express our views. One of the biggest issues I've always had is that the intellectual banter between physicians died. Um, We couldn't get our side of the story out there. We couldn't even have a conversation. Um, We couldn't get to the people. We couldn't teach, you know, people like, Hey, you know, you don't have to die from this crazy virus. Like there's ways to, you know, whether you use ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine or not, I mean, you could have used, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I was using high dose vitamin D. I was using zinc. I was using quercetin, black seed oil. I mean, all the stuff, nap, everything, um, breathing treatments, the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, there was a lot of times where, um, you know, really we didn't even need to use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. So, but 
why can't we at least tell people these are options, right? And so um, the censorship was so thick that these worldwide rallies at the time um, were being set up in major cities all across the United States with great organization skills. And, um, you know, in any organization, you know, you, you kind of hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? Because we knew, we knew that there are evil forces out there. We knew that there were going to be people that were going to try to hopefully not hurt anybody, but, you know, they were going to be hecklers or not agree with us and, you know, that kind of thing. So we did have to be careful with safety and stuff, but why can't the people take to the streets? I mean, we live in America and you can take to the streets and have a protest and, and get your words out there. There's no reason why we couldn't do that. So I'm not really sure why I'm named in there because I was just doing what every American has the right to do in the United States of America. We have the right to protest. Um, we have the right to gather. We have the right to share information. We have, we have a first amendment, right. You know, so the fact that um, there were other forces that were blocking those rights didn't matter to me. You know, as long as we got to the people, whether it was, you know, one person or thousands, it didn't matter to me. As long as we can get to the people, let them know we're willing to help, you know, and, and give them information. Why can't we give them information? It just, it just boggled my mind the entire thing. So that's the whole like worldwide rally thing. And yeah, I did one in one day I did three, I drove halfway across the state of Texas to do, um, one in San Antonio, one in Dallas, um, and one in, no, one in San Antonio, one in Austin and one in Houston. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, anyone that knows Texas knows that that was quite the trek. I got up at four o'clock in the morning and we hit those three rallies and, um, you know, and, and it was great. I mean, we had to do it. I mean, otherwise no one knows what's going on. Right. Um, yes, I am affiliated with AFLDS. I, I did go to the SCOTUS steps in October of 20, um, with, you know, lots of other docs that felt that we have the right to express our views. You know, medicine is not cookie cutter and, and the only narrative that you were allowed to express or understand or, or even consider was the one that was being thrown down your throat from, you know, the media and the government sources, like how many COVID patients did they take care of? Zero. Right. So why are you taking your advice from someone who doesn't even treat the patient? Like that was just mind boggling as well. So that's kind of my little story <laughs> of the whole rally issue. You know, how I got named. I don't even know who these people are. Yes. I popped in and out of chats because the worldwide rally chats um, were connected. So why wouldn't they be? And I had friends that were in other states that wanted to speak out. So I was like, Hey, you know what? Would you like to have a doctor come and speak at your rally? And people were like, yeah, you know, this is where it's going to be. So that was information sharing. There was nothing wrong with being in a chat and sharing information. I, I, I agree. I've, I've gotten into it with some people who asked me if I would, you know, be on stage with where, uh, where, where certain people are, or if, if somebody was doing a certain event, would I attend? And my answer to them was straight up. If I can say something that's going to help save a child's life, if I can say something that is going to help a parent, if I can do something that's going to help an American out there or anyone in the world, I'm going to do it because I work for God. 
I, I don't exactly. work for someone else. And and I think one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing a little bit is the cancel culture creeping into our freedom movement, where it's like, well, you can't associate with this person over here. You can't do a good job of being a friend of God if you work with this person over here, because they've got to be an infiltrator. And my, my response to everyone has been, well, prove it. I'm, I'm open. You know, I'm, I'm always open to changing my mind in the presence of new information. Please prove what you're saying. That's a heck of an allegation. I, I, I get that there's personality conflicts. Believe me, if you know what goes on behind the scenes in this movement, there are personality conflicts. But those are personality conflicts. That doesn't make somebody an infiltrator. You know what I mean? And I think that's getting thrown around a bit too much right now. And it starts to make me wonder why are people throwing that around? You know, that that makes me go, what, 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 you know, what's the what's the agenda potentially here? Right. So, you know, what I'm what I'm getting is we have you're having in a very hostile time. We have to remember that it's a very hostile time. You're a doctor that has, number one, kept your clinic open. You have Mm -hmm. said, I am not going to be bullied into censorship. I'm going to drive all over the country and help organize people to speak as free Americans. And now you have this organization, the Citizens Commission for Safeguarding Freedom, writing report where you're in the appendices as if what you're doing is somehow wrong. That's right. That seems exactly pretty fishy. That, that's, that stinks to <laughs> me, especially, you know, what really gets me about that doc is when the people that write the report won't put their name on it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and if you have a problem with me, pick up the flipping phone and call me. I mean, my, you know, I just don't even understand these people hide behind their, you know, their keyboard warriors and, you know, they could throw sticks from afar and which is fine. Go ahead, do your stuff but you're not going to stop me. You're not going to make me shut up. You're not going to bully me. You're not, you know, like it just doesn't make any sense. If anything, it makes me more motivated to show these people like, okay, so now you want me to be quiet. So you are denying me exactly what we're fighting for, right? You're denying me the chance to speak. So you are telling me that I, you want me to censor myself. That's like insanity to me. Why is it's truly uh... insanity? Yeah, and, and thank you. You know, you, you shared something with me. I don't, and if, I hope it's okay to share it with the audience because you have a special familial connection with freedom of speech and freedom in general. You know, um, absolutely. You know, learned. I believe it was from your mother, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Correct. Yeah. Can you share with our audience a little bit about why immediately you rang the alarms and said we've got to do something about this way back in 2020 when everybody was scared? And you were saying, no, I'm going to be brave. Can you help share that with our audience, if you don't mind? Sure. Sure. You know, you, you, back in 2020, you know, none, none of us really knew what was going on. And it, it kind of threw a red flag when I started to hear things like 10 people in China, you know, have a SARS-like virus. And I'm thinking to myself, like, who cares? Like 10 people in, in, a, in a country of like a bajillion. So you know, to me right there, there, I, (laughs) my hackles went up. I said to my husband, something's up. We're one plane ride from disaster. You know, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm, I'm going to start digging, you know? And I knew, I just knew I'm like, they wouldn't report this unless there's some other snowball about to roll. And so, um, 
you know, I was brought up in the Northeast and uh, my mom was an immigrant to this country. She actually was what they called a displaced person. So she was a woman without a country. Um, and it was because she spent her childhood in a German concentration camp um, that was liberated by the Americans. And she was a child POW. So she was a child prisoner of war. Um, they, they lived in the camps after liberation until the early 50s when the quotas opened up and allowed my family to come on over. So, you know, a lot of Americans don't understand that. They think, oh, it was 1945, war's over, everything's peachy keen, everyone goes everywhere. No, they had all these prisoners that they didn't know what to do with them. You know, they had to stay in the camp. That's where they lived. And then um, as the quotas opened up in the United States, which, you know, it, it's not like it is today, you had to have a sponsor or you had to have um, refugee status. Now, you have to understand my family was taken from Belarus. Um, they were not Jewish, just to make that clear, um, just to let you know. I mean, the, the, the evil forces took everyone. And I think that's a really important factor that a lot of Americans don't understand. They just took whoever was in their way, okay? And so when I saw this kind of nonsense starting to roll out with the whole, you know, stay home, keep isolated, don't see your doctor if you're sick, wait until you're blue in the face before you go to the, you know, emergency room, like everything that, that was upside down, medicine was upside down. And I just kept saying to myself, you know, they're making us prisoners of our own home. Like this doesn't make any sense. We're Americans. We don't do this. You know, not only are we Americans, but I'm a physician and my job is to help sick people. Like that's my calling. And so, you know, this had a lot of parallels, you know, control, um, you know, when you walked into stores, like I personally, I, I know people are Costco lovers, but locally they had an armed guard at the front of Costco that they would not allow people into Costco if you would not wear a mask. It was the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen. And so I was so upset about this whole thing and how brainwashed the kids were and all the things that they were doing to the poor kids, you know, the graduates of 2020, just my heart just is so torn up for those kids. They lost a good portion of the, what I consider a milestone into adulthood, right? They, they didn't get to do their graduations. They didn't get to do their proms. They didn't get to do any of their spring, you know, final spring flings or, you know, final performances if they were in theater or whatever the case might be. And, and the seniors in some places didn't even get to graduate. They graduated online. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. And in Texas, you know, we have outdoor stadiums. I was like, what, what's going on? Why can't the kids walk? I don't understand this. And so um, in Texas, you know, we were, we were kind of the, some of the first states to, to block the mask mandates and open things up and that kind of nonsense. Now I never closed down. Um, I refused to, because I said, that's no, if someone's sick, I'm going to make myself available. And this is ridiculous. And, um, and so when you're, when you're looking at this through my lens, which was a child of a woman who loved the United States with her whole heart, every, every ounce of her being was to be an American. Like people do not understand this. She drummed it into our heads um, as kids. Never forget. Don't you ever 
forget where you came from. Don't you ever forget my story. Don't you ever forget that they can come for you at any time. They just took us. We had no choice. And, you know, really, um, that's kind of what's going on right now. If you think about it, I mean, they, they came at us in a different psychological way, but they still came at us. And unfortunately, two and a half years later, I still see people walking around like they're prisoners of their own body. It's, it's, it's insanity to me. They're driving around their car by themselves or maybe with someone in their family and they have masks on. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, haven't we already proved this thing is over? It was over before it even really got kicked off. If you think about it, the, the powers that be were so strong in the brainwashing aspect that um, our voices as what I consider the sane voices were so drowned out. And of course, then later it was more of a absolute blocking. You know, I saw the, I saw videos on Facebook of Dr. Brian Proctor, of Dr. Yvette Lozano, of Dr. Simone Gold, and I reached out to them. That's because I was like, yay, it's not just me. Because <laughs> you start thinking you're the one that's nuts. And I, you know, I'm looking around at people and, and I was just like, this, this doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't get how everyone just kind of lockstep right into it. And I'm, and it's just, it scares the crap out of me that Americans um, accepted this, you know, accepted this imprisonment, whether it's in their own home or if it's in a concentration camp, doesn't matter. They accepted the imprisonment and that should never be. We are Americans. We're the land of the free and the home of the brave. So step up, suck it up and move forward. This is what we have to do. Amen. And I'll tell you, it's a lot cheaper than concentration camps to put keep people in their own homes um, where they're paying the bills still, even though they don't have any income coming in. Right. Right. It's a, it's right. a, it's even worse. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's that's strike that. It's not yes. worse. It's horrible in its own way. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely don't want to minimize. I've seen the pictures that have come out, the pictures that most people haven't seen of what's gone on in those uh, what went on mm-hmm. in those trans. That that was just un un mitigated, unrestrained evil going on. And that's, that's what's happening now, just with the technology illusion around it. You know, um, we're going to come right back with more of Dr. Angie Farella and uh, Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with, again, Dr. Angie Farella, you know, that woman that uh, is a warrior. Thank you, Mama Bear, for everything that you do. You know, this is this is not just somebody, okay? And this is this is the thing that we I think we do a little bit too much. We we you know we read a report or we get some innuendo by a report, and we think because it's a report, it's supposed to have some substance. Well, I've never seen a report be really effective where the people who put the port report together are not listed. You know, see, when you start casting stones, you don't live in a glass house. So when you start casting stones, that means that those can be thrown back at you. If you're going to point the finger at somebody, there's three pointing right back at you. And if you're going to point the finger at someone and start accusing them of some heinous stuff and guilt by implication, guilt by association, you better put yourself up for that kind of investigation too, so we can check out who you are, right? That's, that's a Folks, I cannot emphasize the enormous problem I have with this report. I'm going to say it again for you because I want you to hear it from me. This report is garbage. This report is absolute garbage. And we should never allow garbage like this to permeate our movement. Our movement is about love. Our movement is about freedom. Our movement is about doing what is right and passing that on to our children. So we better be the living example of that if we want to create it. Now, um, one of the things that I chose to do early on uh, was to start talking every day. I did daily PSAs on on uh, YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> I'm so surprised that uh, they took forever to deplatform me because I did over a hundred of them. Uh, and you know, and then we started getting into peer-reviewed work and everything. As you know, for me, everything that I've done with COVID has been on a volunteer basis. We've raised money and then recirculated that money to people who need it. And of course, to the grand jury uh, petition effort that we have moving forward right now. So, you know, I don't want any money for this. Now, what Dr. Angie's too nice to really say is all this work she's done, but she paid for it out of her own pocket. She's not here breaking the bank. People who are real freedom fighters are not making money on, on this. We make money off of our other businesses and the things that we do. And she has her own practice and clinic, right, as a pediatrician. So, Dr. Angie, um, have you made money fighting for oh. freedom? Uh, no, it's a very poor business model, actually. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know? I pay to do this, right? I've yeah. I've I've put in well over fifty thousand dollars, probably in the neighborhood of seventy five thousand dollars, and that doesn't even count my volunteer time. That's just the money I've put in out of my own right. pocket on it. Um, you know, I think it takes us to well, what are we really fighting for, right? Well, you know, I'm fighting for love. If I'm a friend of God. I'm going to fight for God right now. I think this is. I can't tell you. I just saw something crazy from this, whatever he is, the weekend you know, doing a satanic ritual at a, a concert. No, 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 y'all. No, no. Um, so I know what I'm fighting for, but one of the things that I, I've really been fighting for for years, and I know this is something that's dear to your heart too, is repealing the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. This yeah. is uh, codified as 42 USC 300 AA, and there's two explicit clauses that I, I have problems with out of a number in there. Uh, dash 11 and dash 22, which both give the pharmaceutical industry complete immunity from civil litigation. So if their product injures or kills a child, 
that parent has no recourse to um, sue that company and get compensation and force the company to improve the product. Um, instead, if the baby is killed by the shot, um, as happened many times, they get a mag- the parents get a maximum payout of $250,000, right? That's in the actual law. So can you educate us a little bit about this law? Can you tell us how you feel about this law and what your hopes are with this movement? Well, you know, what I'm hoping for is um, that this once this election cycle goes through, that we will have more sympathetic legislators um, listen to us. Because here's my thing. Um, I have felt very strongly, and I've been talking about this for over a year, where if we can just repeal this law and make the manufacturers stand behind their own product, I mean, if they're proud of their product, if they feel it's that safe, well, then stand behind your product. You know, this this has become um, kind of a circus, really. I mean, VAERS reports are absolutely a horror show. And everyone that doesn't understand what VAERS is, it's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is in place by the CDC to monitor safety of vaccines. I mean, it's that simple. It's their way to find out what's going on in the community when a vaccine is released very simple. They are ignoring their own data. It is a dereliction of their own duty. It's a dereliction of the FDA. I'm so upset over this because I've been around a while. I've been a pediatrician for 25 years. I've watched um, when rotavirus got pulled off the market, um, you know, and even that was for 25 cases of a non-lethal medical condition called intussusception, which is a telescoping of the gut. Um, They pulled it immediately for 25 cases of interception. And then they told the company to go back to the drawing board and that company had to do five more years of research. And the funny thing about that entire thing was um, the vaccine did not cause the interception. So if you look at the backstory, um, there was an outbreak of pertussis and the medication used to treat pertussis is probably what was implicated in that. So anyway, that's just a little aside, but you know, even a couple of years ago, um, the flu vaccine that you did in the nose, right? The nasal one was pulled. A lot of people don't realize it. It was pulled a couple of years ago because the efficacy was horrible. The efficacy was like 22% or something. And, uh, so they pulled it off the market because it didn't fit the definition of what a vaccine is supposed to do. It's supposed to be more than 50% of the time, it should be efficacious for about a year, okay? So for one year, their efficacy numbers need to be greater than 50%. So it's not like the FDA hasn't done this before. They have. I mean, they pull things all the time. They pulled four babies got sick and they pulled baby formula this year. Come on, four babies. So, I mean, it's not, so obviously there's something wrong, right? So here's my thing. Okay, well, what's keeping them moving forward? And I think really they are really resting on the um, safety of being protected from liability with the 1986 law. And I just feel very strongly that if we flip that law, then all this goes away. Why? Because then they have to stand behind their product. And if their product isn't that great, people are going to make them know it. And I think there's enough evidence in the VAERS reports and beyond, because there's a lot of people injured that are not in VAERS. I can tell you that right now, because I see it. 
And these people will come out in force. And that's really, really important. Amen. I mean, I, I've started uh, with the great um, support of the Energetic Health Institute. We started a uh, weekly um, clinic for the people who've been injured by the C shots and people who um, are experiencing long COVID who didn't get the C shot. You know, they've just been thrown to the curb. You know, all of them, right? It's like, oh, it's in your head. Really? That why is she in a wheelchair? Because it's in her head. Why does she get a trachea? Because a tracheotomy? Because it was in her head, right? You know, why can't she swallow? Because it's in her head. Why does she have a, a G tube or an NG tube shoved down her throat? Because it's in her head. That's in her well, head. You know, they're normalizing strokes. They're normalizing heart attacks. I mean, there was a report that just came out that they are just flabbergasted. They have no idea why women under fifty are having right. heart attacks. Right. It couldn't be this new variable that was introduced and most people were forced to take, even though they didn't need it because they already had established immunity from a prior infection, right? It couldn't be that maybe the thing that we should have done was never let an experimental product get to market um, when we have a safe and effective treatments that are far more efficacious. Maybe it should be that anything of this magnitude should have to prove its efficacy and especially its safety for years in clinical trial before anybody in the public gets access to it. And then maybe we should have some very stringent rules like, hey, if uh, the recovery rate is 99.9% in an age group, uh, they are not eligible for an experimental. I mean, there's so everywhere you look, I, you know, I, I was laughing with my team the other day in a macabre kind of way. I said, you know, there is one thing that they actually said that was right early on. And they were like, everybody's like, well, what, what was it? I said, well, when they were recommending everybody to wash their hands, that right. was, that was the only advice in the last three years that I've heard that actually made sense and was actually effective. Wash your right. hands. Right? right. So, you know, when I, when I look at this, this 1986 national childhood vaccine injury act, and I, and it blows parents away because Everybody assumes that, you know, you can sue them or there's some pathway for compensation. Yeah, there's a pathway for compensation. But did you know that most of those people that have legitimate, um, uh, you know, histories, health, uh, medical histories that would warrant compensation get rejected? That, right. that, that kangaroo court called the VICP, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, that kangaroo court is put in place to protect the pharmaceutical industry so that they don't have to pay out. Well, it's not them paying out. It's actually um, a, a, comes from a pool the of fund. money that's, that's collected based upon the sale price of every shot. So it's actually the U.S. taxpayer that's paying that out. It's not the harm. Right. They, they are inoculated from that too. There's a good use of that word. What, what it brings me to for you is, you know, I, I know as a classically trained um, allopathic medical doctor, you know, pediatrician, even though you definitely have a huge slant towards um, natural medicine, thank God, right, <laughs> that, you, that you embrace it. Um, you know, my question to you is how has this experience with COVID and these shots and everything changed your overall opinion of vaccines in general, or has it changed it at all in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, forget forget turning over a new leaf. We flipped a tree. Um, so we, we have had, and I say we, there's a group of pediatricians nationwide that are like-minded, that are flabbergasted by what's going on, outraged, talking out. I mean, we, we are really trying to motivate parents not to take our, those children to any of these shot clinics to try to avoid any of the clinics that are giving these shots out saying they're safe and effective because that is not informed consent. Um, 
you know, that are ignoring the signals for myocarditis, pericarditis, strokes, clots, the whole thing. We are um, outraged and very, very upset. And I said this early in um, 2021 because I was watching now whenever a vaccine comes out, let me back up, you know, whenever a vaccine comes out, I'm kind of one of those weirdos that looks at theirs just to see if there's anything that goes on. And so I've been doing this for years and a lot of people were surprised that I knew so much about theirs. And I said, well, you know, I just assumed people knew about it and shame on me because guess what? There's a lot of doctors out there, allopathic doctors and naturopaths that don't even know bears existed until this year. And which is a sad, ridiculous, you know, I don't even want to go into that whole thing, but the, the saddest part about it was I saw the signals or what I call the red flags go up in January of 2021 immediately, immediate. It was immediate. And, um, and I could tell you, you know, in December of 20 is when they rolled it out for healthcare workers. Okay. And this hit me very personally because a good, a friend of mine, um, here in the Harris County area, um, anesthesiologist got a shot seven days later died. Um, and it, and it was the day after Christmas when he died. Um, and it was just so heart rendering for me that, um, I was, I was for sure at that moment, I was like, for sure, everyone that the medical society is just going to shut this down. And I was so upset to see that they actually went full throttle push, full throttle push. And, um, so at that particular moment, my heart was broken and I knew, well, this is going to be my battle. Here's the hill I'm going to die on. I'm going after it. And so from that very beginning, I knew there was a dereliction of duty from the FDA, the CDC, that we could never, ever trust the government again. And, and, and worse, what were they lying about before? And so all the great things that we saw with vaccines, which I've seen in my practice, I mean, I don't see meningitis. I don't see, you know, I tell people all the time, if, if I never have to do a lumbar puncture on a baby again for the rest of my career, I am one happy woman. Because, you know, I saw that in my early career, it was really heart rendering and, and pneumonias and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Chicken pox, chicken pox went away. We don't see chicken pox, right? Young doctors do not know what chicken pox looks like. I promise. So all the good that vaccine may have done is destroyed because no one trusts anything that they, they did. No one trusts any of the ingredients. We think that the product information was maybe... Now, what? because I read through them, trust me, I read through these things, um, that are, are they packed with lies too? Are the studies that they're quoting, are they wrong? Are they false? I don't the know. The answer to that is yes, they are. And I can yeah. say that yeah. because uh, I've done that research. We, I, I, um, was, I'm one of the first people to author a course on vaccine education um, based upon just CDC data, FDA data, and uh um, data from um, the clinical trials that they cite in their uh, vaccine inserts, right? What's mm-hmm. what's crazy to me is that, you know, when you look at education around the country, um, medical schools, uh, nursing schools, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, places where we should be saying, look, we're going to train these people to make sure they can identify when something is working that they've prescribed, when they've mm-hmm. administered, and when it's not. 
Um, what was shocking to me was I was never taught about Varus in medical school. I had to go learn that afterwards. You know, I was never taught about vaccine um, uh, safety or I was never said, hey, in this class, we're going through a pharmacology class. We're now going to have a whole um, quarter on just vaccines and we're going to read every insert and go through them and understand the pluses, the minuses, what we're looking for if something shows up and how, what do we do about it to stabilize the patient? And then how do we report it to the system so that we can start this corrective process? Doc, when you get into the, what was published by the New England Journal of Medicine was they pulled out over 6,000 um, participants from the final analysis to get to that calculation. You don't get to pull out that yeah. significant amount of percentage of your of your experimental group and then not tell anybody what happened to them, not tell them, well, did exactly. these people drop out? Were these people killed? I mean, there's extremes of this and there's a lot in the middle that they weren't willing to come out with. So the word I was looking for previously was consequences. If there's no financial consequence come up and if there's no financial consequence, then there's no incentive to improve your product. Because exactly. you can put out whatever you want, and and now it becomes even potentially with the involvement of the of the U.S. military becomes potentially an experimental bioweapon. I mean, that's the word that we were using successfully in 2021, and then for some reason everybody stopped using it. I was like, folks, you're over target. Anything that you inject into the human body that creates a substance that number one, co-ops normal cell function to create a mm -hmm. substance that we know, a protein that we know injures the body cannot be called a therapeutic. You can't, right. you can't simultaneously injure the cell and have be supporting therapy to the cell through the same process. That That's a breakdown in logical thought for people to understand. You can't hurt something and heal it at the same time. That's not how mm -hmm. the body works. And that's not how healing works. But see, that's why what we're doing here, because I agree with you, the key, the linchpin is that 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. There yeah. are two provisions though, well, really one provision that allows penetration of that protection. And that's what we've been going after in the, in the grand jury. And that is willful misconduct. Exactly. Basically, you knew this was going to hurt people. You knew this was going to kill people and you approved it anyway. That is willful misconduct and that removes protections and that will give us an opportunity. Every parent, every person that's been harmed by these shots and the lies that were told for them to take it will have an opportunity to sue these people into oblivion. And at that point, I do agree with you. We got to take that next step. We got to get this law repealed. So before yeah. we get out of here, Doc, we got just another 60 seconds or so. Final thoughts, final messages to everybody listening. Let's bring some hope into this because we are talking about, we've talked about some ugly stuff. Let's not kid ourselves. There's a lot of ugly stuff in here, but there's always hopes. What's your final message to everyone before we get going? I think I think you have to understand the the public is on our side as much as we feel like we're isolated and and alone. I have had some wonderful experiences and I want I want the American people to really start to trust again. Because right now, the trust in the medical um, community has been thrown out the window. The patient-physician relationship has been destroyed. But we are rebuilding that trust. We are rebuilding that hope. We are coming out with freedom clinics. We are coming out with freedom hospitals. We are coming out now to try to get under out from under those um, you know, insurance leash, leeches and, and all that fun stuff. So now we're really trying to get back to the original the way the patient-physician relationship was originally um, 
brought forth. It's you in the room with your patient and you devise a plan, you're a team together. We're getting back to that, which, which just makes me very warm and fuzzy inside because we're starting to throw away all the junk that the insurance companies have been throwing at us that just waste our time and spin our wheels and it harms our patient because it takes too long. So now just, I want them to understand. I want our, our, our listeners to understand if you're a patient, look for those doctors that are looking out for you. I think that is so important. You don't have to settle. Your money is very, very powerful. You don't have to go to these places that are shoving their narrative down your throat if you don't agree. Get a second opinion, get a third opinion, get a fourth opinion. You know, it's your body, it's your choice, and it, you, ha- you make your own team. So I want everyone to understand that Freedom Doctors and Freedom Clinics, they're, they're around. You just have to look for them. Amen. Doc, thank you so much. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Every dollar spent is a vote cast folks. So make sure you vote with your dollars wisely. You are the CEO of the company of you. You are the one that gets to make the final decision when of anything that is in regards to your health. And here's another thing. You have the right to full privacy, which means the, any kind of thing, having to prove that you got a shot or that this is what I joke about. Could you imagine people going around with a, um, instead of a COVID card, a, a cauliflower card where you had to <laughs> prove that you ate cauliflower that day or within the last week in order to get into a building. That's ridiculous, right? Exactly. It's the same ridiculousness of, of having a shot to get, it's just, it's just a slave mechanism. That's all it is. So doc, thank you so, so much folks. I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you, I hope what you got out of this show was that we have to earn your trust. And that's true when we publish, like the Theomis Report. They have to earn your trust. And the way we earn trust is by putting our names on things. The way we earn trust is by being accountable when people ask questions and accepting the challenge of debates and so forth, that we are open. My job is to earn your trust every single day so that you know I care about you because that's the foundation of what being a good doctor is. We really care. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Um, you know, remember, there are four challenges we have as friends of God. Number one is to take no offense. There's a lot of opportunities for people to offend you. Take no offense. Number two, speak truth. Number three, be selfless. And number four, remain humble. You do those four things and... Uh, you can say that you are a friend of God. So I say to you all, may God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. We'll see you all again real soon next week, folks. Have a beautiful weekend. Aloha and peace.